Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is KDG and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, December 30, 2019, and this is our 7 a.m. Vision for You Big Book Study. Today we are reading from the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the chapter Into Action. We're on page 79, that second paragraph starting with usually, however, and we're going to read and share on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thanks for your service, the OA 12 Steps, Tamara C., OA's 12 Traditions, Marge E., and readers of our text are Russ M., Nancy P., and Renee A. The share ID for yesterday, Sunday, December 29, 2019, our special edition meeting, is 13,892. That's 13892. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tamara C. to please read OA's 12 steps. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, Tamara C., compulsive eater in South Carolina. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we have harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thanks, Tamara C. 
All right, I'm now going to ask Marge E. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Marge. Good morning. This is Margie from Massachusetts. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Marge E. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive over ears only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book. We are in the chapter, Into Action, page 79, that second paragraph, usually however, and we are reading that one paragraph only. I will now ask Russ M. to please begin reading. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, family. Russ M. Republican over eater in Philly today, actually. Okay. Usually, however, other people are involved. Therefore, we are not to be hasty and foolish, a hasty and foolish martyr who would needlessly sacrifice others to save himself from the alcohol pit. A man we know had remarried. Because of resentment and drinking, he had not paid alimony to his first wife. She was furious. She went to court, got an order for his arrest. He had commenced our way of life, 
had secured a position and was getting his head above water. It would have been impressive for Rhodes if he had walked, walked up to the judge and said, here I am. So, now thank goodness because of this program, I don't have to stand in front of a judge, which I probably could. But uh, this, this hasty and foolish martyr who needlessly sacrificed others to save himself, right? That's the story of my life, dragging other people down. You know, I, I would clean my side of the street and drag you on to it. Um, you know, the book is written a certain way, and it's not for my manipulation. It might be for interpretation, but not for my manipulation. It says just do it. Make the amends. Who cares what the reaction of the other person is? You know, clean up your side of the street. And it's fearful. I was fearful doing that. Um, but every time I stepped through that fear and made amends, it seemed to work out uh, for all parties. Uh, not not just, you know, getting my way or anything like that. Oh, yes, yeah, so I got an earful. And, you know, I, I heard things that I didn't want to hear. But doing this, take, making amends is, Okay, I get the flack, but you know what? I deserved it because I created the mess in the first place. So by living this way, like making amends, you know, it, it, it does something spiritual, something, something metaphysical is going on there. You know, there's healings that take place. There's, you know, there's growth. And then, you know, as, I, as I, I'm living my life now, you know, I'm making less amends. You know, I like that. It's pretty cool, you know. That, not that I don't want to make, not not by my choice, that, you know, I don't have to make by the way I'm living my life. And, you know, all, my whole life I've manipulated things, didn't listen to direction, uh, you know, self-centered stuff, controlling stuff. And, you know, coming in, beat, being beat up and, you know, broken and no other option, I had to do it this way. And guess what? It it, it, it it works out pretty damn good. Now, just in general, for life, not so much what I want out of it, but for life. And there's a lot of peace and uh, contentment, and especially with these amends, the gratitude that I have uh, and rest, uh, restoration of relationships is one of the biggest blessings that's come out of it. Not not just uh, not eating, you know, the whole spiritual restoration. Uh, pretty beautiful. Don't be afraid. Everything that we want out of life is on the other side of fear. So we got to attack it like our life depends on it because it does. All right, guys. Love you. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for letting us share. Thank you, Russ. And before I take our first list of names, just a few reminders. If you're just getting on or don't remember, we are uh, in the chapter Into Action. We're on page 79, that second paragraph, starting with usually, however. We're reading and commenting, well, we're commenting on that one paragraph only. And there are 14 slots per meeting, so the recommendation is that if you've taken one of those slots recently, you take a step back so we can hear some other voices. Who would like to comment today? Nessa R. Okay, Nessa. I have Nessa down, and I have several more thoughts. Who would like to comment? Star one. Anyone else? 
Lily V. Willie V. Okay. Lily V. Lily V. Okay, thanks for correcting me. Terry H. Got broken. Terry H. Got a few more. I've got Nessa R, Lily V, and Terry H. Anyone else want to join this wonderful lineup? Barbara E. Okay, Barbara, I got you. Going once. All right, we'll get started with that group. So we've got Nessa R, Lily V, Terry H, Barbara E. A reminder to everyone to please stay off speakerphone so we can hear everything you're saying. And we'll start with Nessa R. Good morning, Nessa. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R, a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. You know, when I make amends, I need to remember why I am making amends. Um, you know, it's number one, so that I can recover and keep my recovery. And number two, and maybe this is actually should precede that because one is the outcome of the other, is to clean my side of the street. Um, I don't make amends in order to clear my conscience at the, um, at the expense of others because then I'm not really cleaning my side of the street. I'm just getting relief by dumping my garbage onto another person. And this is what I have been doing all my life. You know, maybe in different formats, you know, like by blaming and criticizing and all in the guise of making you a better person and making us into a happy family, community, workplace, you know, whatever. And so I have to make sure that my, that my motivation is in the right place. And, you know, when I, I make amends, I need to make sure that I have zero expectations. Like there can be no expectations of any kind, no expectations that I will be forgiven, no expectations that I will be well-received, that I will be admired because of the courage that I have in making those amends, no expectations that the other person is going to make amends of their own, uh, not even expectations that the relationship will be mended and restored. Um, you know, because the reason I'm doing amends is because I need to remove any blockages that I have between me and my creator. And all the harms that I have done our, our, <clears throat> sorry, our blockages that block me from that Dutch relationship with God, which is the essence of my recovery. And, you know, when I keep the motivation uh, front and center when making amends, then I know that I'm not going to um, create um, more amends to make. I mean, the last thing I want to do is making amends for making amends. Um, you know, and when in doubt, you know, we have, we have other recovered people that we can discuss, and we definitely have our sponsors. We should never make amends without discussing them with somebody else first. Um, you know, I know for myself, I had several instances where I thought I owed amends and my, and my sponsor thought uh, I didn't. Um, not that I would have made any harm by making amends to those people, uh, you know, but sometimes you can get overzealous and just like make amends to every single person that is on our, that is on our list, even though maybe there, there, there is no harm done. So um, I guess just to recap, discuss with others, with the sponsor, and keep the motivation in mind. Um, I'm here to clear debris, to remove the blockages, so I can recover and stay recovered and have access to my ultimate solution, which is a um, conscious uh, and close relationship with God, which will keep me out of the food. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Okay, next up, we'll have Lily V, followed by Terry H. Good morning, Lily. 
Hi, this is Lily V uh, from Toronto. Um, I just wanted to share that um, when I was going through this process, um, what was very helpful was I, I really consulted with people who I trusted who had a lot of recovery because I had situations where some of the, it was, you know, it took some, some time to work out because some of the people I wasn't clear about because, you know, they were, had also been very abusive to me. And, um, for example, um, you know, some of these people included my parents and it, I, I was really glad that I had the support that I did and was able to work out a form of amends that, um, where I was able to take responsibility, but I didn't put myself in a situation with people who were mentally ill, who would harm me if I went and presented myself before them, uh, people I have no control over. So one of the, one of the amends that we came up with um, uh, was that, you know, for example, I had stolen some clothes from my mother a long time ago and I, I haven't, I haven't been in contact with my mom for a long time. So uh, basically what I did was I cleaned the clothes and my sponsor went and dropped them off on the front porch for me and just left a note. And, you know, it was just an incredibly healing uh, thing for me to do because um, prior to that, I think that, you know, giving an inch with these people, they would, they would take a mile and it just opened something up for me in terms of really being able to take responsibility with all sorts of people. So I just wanted to share that. Uh, thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Lily V. <clears throat> Next up, we'll have Terry H. followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. Um, my name is Terry H. I'm with Douglas, Georgia. And um, I just wanted to share on this step, um, the spiritual principle for me, the last amends I made was, was love. Um, and I had to really work on that with my amends um, and change some relationships. And by doing that, um, you know, you can... You can look at these steps and say, well, I didn't do that, or I didn't do this, or, or that doesn't apply to me, and, and try to work your way out of it. But um, this time around, when I worked the step nine, it was a very, um, it, was, it was from the heart. Um, I had to change some relationships that I had um, made amends for before, but not in the way I had to make them this time. And what I love about it was um, that lives are changed. They talk about lives are changed. Broken relationships are mended. Um, it's been truly miraculous. Um, some of my relationships with my two daughters, when I made these last amends, has changed the whole dynamics. I'm a single mom with two girls, and um, they're older, and I have a couple grandchildren, and the spiritual principle of love just it just radiates because everything has shifted and changed, and um, there's just something uh, you know 
I, I talked to my sponsor about not being hasty or foolish because you don't want to go back and redig up. But there were some amends I hadn't finished. I hadn't been clear about. And I needed to be clear about them. I needed to be specific. And my sponsor helped me with that. And and I I kept telling her, no, I won't do this, you know, until after Christmas and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and you know, but, but I knew, I, I have enough experience um, with program to know that if you don't move forward, um, you're going to go backwards. And and I wanted to go forward. I just, I wasn't sure how. And it was my sponsor that, that walked me through it. And also another thing that sticks out um, is that we don't always um, make amends to people, say, you know, just like in my work situation, um, I've always kind of been a, a loner and my, my boss calls me a lone ranger. But I I needed to make amends to some girls that I worked with, and it, it was just kind of just you know jealousy and and not getting what I want, and and my sponsor kind of helped me walk walk through that. That I don't have to talk, I don't have to um, make amends. I need to just you know my changing. Time, and, and thank you, and um and it those uh, relationships miraculously are changing too. So I just wanted to touch on that um, spiritual principle of love. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Terry H. All right, next up we'll have Barbara E. And then we'll take a new lineup. Good morning, Barbara. Barbara E., press star one. Oh, I was having a lovely conversation with myself. Good morning, everyone. It is Barbara E. in New Jersey. Well, I was very leery of doing step nine. It scared the heck out of me. But I remember reading in the chapter of Vision for You, should you want these above all else and be willing to make use of our experience, we are sure they will come. The age of miracles is still here with us. Our own recovery proves that. So I had to go forth and do what I had to do. Now, I didn't steal huge amounts of money from the bank. I didn't mug anyone. I didn't kill anyone. But I did steal. I stole money, slim amounts, from my husband's wallet when I needed money. Not huge amounts, so I'm not sure he noticed it but I needed to make amends for it. I stole money from my son's coin drawer. He collected coins. He didn't like to keep them in his pocket. I had to go to him humbly. He lives with us and say, I did that, and I will never do that again. I stole joy from our family by going into family Um, experiences like this past Hanukkah, Christmas, birthday parties with such severe expectations that people could feel it radiating from me. I stole time from school where I worked by being lazy, not doing everything I should have. I stole reams of paper just to find to myself that I was using them for the students when I knew full well my husband was going to be using them too. Dishonest or I wouldn't have snuck them out. I stole candy, of course, from the stores. 
I had to find a new set of morals. I had to make amends. I had to go and make them sincerely. Some people laughed it off and said, make a donation to a charity that seems appropriate. That's what happens in the supermarket. I, in school, for my laziness and stealing of the reams of paper many years ago, I determined that I would make a yearly uh, contribution to the scholarship fund for a graduating senior. I, too, someone reminded me, stole clothing from my sorority sister who happened to have one size larger than mine. And I had gained weight, of course, always. The 15, Time, please. Okay, the 15 plus. I needed to do this. Thank you so much. There's so much to be learned. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Okay, before we take our next lineup, just a reminder to let you know if you've just joined us, we are on page 79, that second paragraph, starting with usually however, talking about our experience with that one paragraph. Who would like to comment? Irene B. Irene, I've got you. Star one, Christina L. One A. Elise N. A. Elise N. So let me tell you who I have. I have Irene B. Christina L. Lauren A. Elise N. Who else would like to comment? Happy to take a couple more. Sam S. Is it Shannon S? Sam. Sam S. Okay. Thank you. <clears throat> Anybody else? All right. Franny, Franny oh. K. Franny, Franny K. K. Okay. I got you, Franny. All right. So we've Thank got you. Irene B, Christina L, Laura A, Elise N, Sam S, and Franny K. Good morning, Irene. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I am Irene B. from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This uh, paragraph I wasn't going to share, but I read, we are not to be hasty and foolish martyr who would needlessly sacrifice others to save himself from the alcoholic pit. Well, I think I am that foolish martyr because I don't know how to be anything better right now. I am guilty of being the foolish martyr because I want recovery. And I love yesterday's special edition. My core belief is that I don't matter. And I am just beginning to realize that the thought of not mattering hurts me deeply and makes me angry, and I very much want to matter. And my belief is that I'm not okay, you're okay. And I just realized this morning that therefore, since you're okay, you, you should help me be okay. You should be willing to go to all lengths 
and make all allowances for me to be okay. But that's not how the universe works. That is just not the way the universe works. And all this time I've been wondering, I know that I love people the wrong way. Some people really love me, but I really love some people the wrong way. And I love the reading where it says that you go around stepping on people's toes and then people retaliate. And my reaction is when they retaliate, I'm oblivious. I have no idea why they are retaliating. And this insight that I believe that I don't matter and that at this point, I mean, all of my life I have numbed myself. But now I want recovery, and I'm desperately fighting for my recovery. So when I do that, I hurt people. You know, I step on their toes. And right now there are two people in my life who reject me. Maybe there's three. And that just goes to show that, I have a long way to go, and I need to learn how to make amends, and I need to learn how to relate to people. Time, please. Oh, goodness. Okay, I passed. Thank you so much. Thank you, Irene B. All right, next up we'll have Christina L., followed by Laura A. Good morning, Christina. Good morning, everyone. Good, good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. Happy Monday. Um, this reading brings up a couple of things for me. One, um, hang on, I got an alarm going off. Um, one is the amends that I just made to my, my father-in-law the day before Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, there were steps that I had to take before I made that amends to him. Um, my husband and my his parents are not on very good speaking terms, especially with his father. And uh, I had to ask my husband if he was okay with me even approaching his father. Um, and, of course, he said, well, I don't think you need to. Why do you need to apologize to him? He's never going to apologize to you. But that's not the whole point. Um, you know, I, like has been said, and like the reading says that, you know, I have to clean off my side of the street. But I also had to make sure that my husband was, okay with me approaching him because I didn't want to harm my husband in the process. And in the end, he did say that, you know, he supported me in whatever I needed to do, thank God. And um, he always has. The other thing that it brings to mind is um, an amends or a resentment, a harm, I guess it was, that I did towards my 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 workplace. Um, Mostly it was at a former workplace, um, and this was with a, uh, a previous recovered sponsor that I had worked with. Um, you know, I had stolen a lot of time. You know, I played games on the clock when I was supposed to be working. Um, yeah, my boss didn't really care, but I just didn't feel good about it. And I had used the printer to make copies of pictures of, you know, my son and our family because our printer wasn't working. I printed copies like crazy for personal use and, and everything, and, um, you know, I wanted to make an amends for this, but uh, who I had been working with at the time said that I couldn't because it would harm my husband 
and my son if I lost my job, uh, and that would put them in harm. So I, what it's bringing up for me is that I don't really have a lot of clarity on, you know, how to make amends to my current workplace because I'm still, you know, at times scrolling through Facebook or wasting time doing things. I'm not like I used to be, but I realize that I don't have a lot of clarity on it. And um, so there are steps that I need to take so that way I can continue to make things right and live according to the principles and according to my ideals of being a better employee. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Christina L. All right, next up we'll have Laura A. followed by Elise N. Good morning, Laura. Hi, Ashley. It's Lauren A. Katie, oh, thank excuse you. me. Lauren, go ahead. Good morning, and thank you so much for uh, for listening and for being on the line. Um, I'm thinking back to when I first went to treatment for alcoholism, and I learned about the ninth step, and it was a scary step, and it still can be. And I was in treatment with a guy that I really thought of as old at the time, and of course he's he was younger than I am now, but um, he just thought that that nine step was stupid, and why would you have to do that? And he was in his 50s and in treatment for I don't know how many times, and I thought of him as a big loser, and I thought, he doesn't want to do this step, he's going to get drunk again, I'm not, I'm going to do this step. <laughs> so that was my motivation at that time. And I did do nine steps over the years, and I've done some recently, and they still are sometimes scary. But, you know, it tells you, the, you know, the first reason for doing it, no, I think that's the fifth step. The first reason for doing it is you might, you might uh, get drunk otherwise. But I want to keep in, in recovery and stay out of relapse. And so that's why I continue to look at things and, and new things come up, you know, and I'm so glad that, that it's real easy for me to listen to this meeting. I, I, re, I listen to it on the way to work, so it's not a big effort. And I learn things every single day as I did today. Um, and one of the things that came up in the last few days is financial amends. And I thought of something that I had done in the past, and that was I worked at a restaurant, and I would go in the freezer to get a dessert to serve to a customer that had ordered it and was going to pay for it. And I would grab two or three things and jam them in my mouth and eat them while I was in there. And, you know, I've told that story many times at OA meetings in regards to my gluttony. And then I realized, how about in regards to that's stealing? Hello. So that restaurant is no longer there. The man that owned it is dead. I'm not sure how I would find his widow. So my amend is going to be I'm going to give some money to a food shelf. Um, and, you know, I know that, uh, you know, the road gets narrower and that I have to keep going and, and figure out my side. And it's it's not always easy. I made amends to a sister that all I could see was her part. But then it came to me that I got to let it go. And the only way I'm going to let it go is to make direct amends to her. I got that suggestion from a friend. And when my friend made that suggestion, I was like, screw you, I don't want to do that. But I knew she was right. Dang it. And so I did. And another thing that she um told me is drop the story. Forget about what she did to you. Just make a list of what harms you think you made and get on with it. And it's it's been so freeing. It's a miracle. And I've uh, recently made amends to my stepdaughter and that went really well. And they don't always, but but it's, as somebody said earlier, to get right with God. So thanks, Katie, and everybody have a good Monday. Thank you, okay. Lauren. Hey, thanks. 
All right, next up we'll have Elise N. followed by Sam S. Good morning, Elise. Hi, good morning, and thank you for your service. Um, I just, uh, you know, I'm in the middle of doing um, this step, this step again, and um, just this morning, you know, I was saying to my sponsor that I, I only have two more amends to make, and one is to my father, which I'm going to be seeing him the 26th of January, please God. So I'm going to wait to do that one, and it isn't something I consider. It's more. It's much more for me. I don't believe it's hurting him right now. Um, and I have one with someone that I don't know very well. And I said I'm really re- resistant of seeing her in person because, you know, I could just do it on the phone. I don't think this is something that she's thinking about. And my sponsor just said, listen, uh, this is make direct amends if possible. And I've never made any of my amends over the phone. You know, so I shut up. You know, I just said, well, okay, I'll make the phone call to her. I'll see her in person. And there is like an expectation maybe we'll have a good relationship. But the truth is we haven't had one till now. She hasn't, you know, reached out to me. And so that's probably not going to happen. It's not that we have a bad relationship. It's that we pretty much have no relationship. Um, And that's okay. Um, I have other people I have a relationship with. But um, I need to do, you know, things. The other thing I would share is, you know, I went and made an amends to my daughter. I didn't want to make it because I felt she was going, she wouldn't want to hear me. I made them in the past. And uh, also, I just felt like I'd apologize in the past for the same thing, and she probably wouldn't hear me. And sure enough, she threw me out of the room. She just laughed at me and said, she said, oh, no. This is socially off. Tell your sponsor this is socially off. Um, Just because, you know, I had said I need to talk to you about something, and then she thought it was something serious, and then I started with, you know, I'm in a 12-step program. And after that, my sponsor said, you know, that was like leading with a chin, just say, I regret this or I regret that. And um, she really has heard these things before, my daughter. She really doesn't want to hear them again. And it was, I do find it kind of funny. Because that was like, this is really predictable. All right, I'll do it, but this is predictable. Um, and I didn't find it that harmful. I did find it amusing. And a lot of times, that's one way I get through life, is that sometimes I do find things amusing that other people find upsetting. Um, but, you know, it's it's um, once in a while things are predictable. So... I'm grateful that you're here, and... um, Time, please. Okay, thanks a lot. Mm, Thank you, Elise N. All right, next up we'll have Sam S., followed by Franny K. Good morning, Sam. Hi, good morning. Thank you, Katie. Thanks for your service and for calling on me. I'm Sam S., um, compulsible reader. Um, The one word that stuck out to me this morning was martyr, and I'm, uh, I'm redoing my fourth step and realizing that martyrdom is a self-seeking behavior that I have. Um, So there's two definitions that I think about here. One is my self-seeking behavior, martyr, a person who displays or exaggerates their discomfort or distress in order to obtain sympathy or admiration. I absolutely do this um, to, it's it's just a pattern that's coming up. So um, when I'm reading this, like I need to make sure that I'm not doing that um, in order to make an amends 
um, and to not repeat that behavior. And it's really important that I talk to a um, sponsor before I make an amends um, so that I'm not doing it again because I'm, I'm an addict, so I want more. Like, I want more of an amends. I want it to be an, an intense, romantic story about, like, how I got closer to God. Um, the other thing is a person who is killed because of their religious or beliefs, I can't go into an amends like a spiritual suicide bomber and be willing to take everybody down with me, including my family. Um, the last thing I'll say and then I'll wrap up is one amends that I made the last time that I did the steps, I didn't think that it was good enough. Um, I didn't think that it was sufficient enough, and I kept trying to do it my way and because I'm willful, you know. And my sponsor had said to me, like, every time I would try to make that amends, she would say, like, it's, listen, like, it's not working out every time. Like, do you think it might be a sign? And finally, after, like, four attempts of making this amends my way where it didn't work out, I finally just decided, okay, I got it. Like, so I just... I'm just going to keep coming back and keep taking direction from my sponsor and other people that have been in this program because in my head, I can just, I can just make it way bigger than it has to be. And sometimes it, it like I find God in, in small, quiet spaces. So sometimes it's small, quiet amends that are intentional and authentic. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sam S. All right, next up we'll have Franny Kay. Good morning, Franny. Good morning, and I want to thank everybody for their service and for the shares, very meaningful. Um, I sit here today um, not unique because um, I shared with a fellow the other day that um, I'm the most hard-headed person on the planet, and she said, no, you're not. You're trying to label yourself as terminally unique. And so my my fellows give me the wisest um, feedback, and I'm so incredibly grateful for it. Uh, today, um, with a clear, I've not partaken of any sugar or my addictive substances, and I've gone from suicidal wanting to die um, to having joy every day. And uh, as far as amends go, um, in speaking with my sponsor on Friday night, she, I mentioned, and this just came about in conversation, that I've got a 27-year resentment against a dead relative and a 14-year resentment against a dead relative. So I'm doing the two-week praying for these people, for them to have what I want. And, you know, it's kind of uh, different because they're deceased. But um, just in opening my mind and my heart to doing that has brought me so much relief. And there's a new mantra I have um, to just quiet this crazy, crazy mind of mine and fill my heart. And, um, you know, it's all step one, two, and three. But um, like from the special edition yesterday, um, grateful for that too. I don't want to do the one, two, three waltz, which is what I've been doing. Um, And just to qualify, uh, I've been away to treatment twice for a month each time, once in 2014 and once in 2018. And I hope that as I approach my 60th birthday in another nine days that uh, I finally have my arms up, my white flag up, and surrendered because um, that's the only, only way this works for me. So thank you so much, everybody, for being here, and I pass. Thank you, Franny Kay. All right, before we take a few more names, uh, I just want to remind everyone what we are commenting on. 
We are on page 79, the second paragraph, starting with usually however. We're sharing our experience with that one paragraph only. Who would like to comment? Vasa. Jennifer. I got Vasa. Oh, Larry. Larry. Kay. Jason. Kay. Hang on one second. So I've got Vasa, Larry, and Jason. Who else? Loretta H. Loretta. Okay, we I, I don't know if we're gonna be able to take more, but I'll take one more name and we'll see how it goes. Jennifer C. Jennifer C. Okay, Jennifer, I'm not sure what time we'll have, but hang on. Um, so the lineup I have is Vasa O, Larry K, Jason K, Loretta, I believe it's H, Jennifer C, and hopefully we'll have time to hear all of you. If not, there's a whole nother hour coming up shortly. Good morning, Vasa O. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered compulsive overeater, calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. And I have made um, my amends to the best of my ability. That people, alive people, living amends, uh, you name it, I've done to the best of my ability up to this point. And I am struggling right now with our daughter. I thought we had pretty good relationship with our daughter, my husband and I, until a few years ago when she came to us and told us she uh, she was separated from her husband after 25 years of their marriage, and she told us she didn't want to be his wife any longer. She wanted to have her freedom. And I had asked her, what is the problem? And she said, no, there's not, not a problem, Mom. He's a good dad. He's a good provider. I just want my freedom. And we were shocked because we really love our son-in-law, and we've never had any bad feelings toward him or her. I mean, you know, yes, as a child, you know, we had a, as a teenager, we had our conflicts and stuff. But never over the years, we found that she wanted, she pretended she wanted everybody else to believe that she had a perfect marriage. So, um, so again, I we were shocked. I was shocked. I cried over it, and um, and she said, "But you can have a relationship with him, and I will have a relationship. We're going to be friends." And I said, "Yes, you know that can happen at the beginning, but it turns out to be a nasty, horrible divorce. You know, if you go through with it." And she said, oh, "No, everybody's divorcing today. It's like nothing." Well, it has turned to be to a Nasty divorce. But anyways, and then she started blaming me about things, what happened to her as a child. I sent her to her room, to her room. If she didn't behave or she sat on the chair, if she didn't behave. So she is struggling emotionally. And I told her, you know, there are, you can go to this program, you can go to that program. If you, you know, they're free programs if you need the help. She's chosen to go different path, and that's okay. And I've made amends to her, but n- now she doesn't want us to have any relationship with him. And I've tried not to be too much in contact with him because how she's, feel- she's felt about this. And I have made amends to her, and I will not uh, be controlled by her telling me not to cut 100% from our son-in-law. That's a, to me, that's a control. 
and I've made amends to her. She doesn't want to talk to me or her father. It has been very painful for us to go through this, but I'm being abstinent. I'm pleased, Vasa. Thank you very much for letting me share. I'm being abstinent. It's one of the hardest things I had ever had to go, but I'm going through. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, next up we'll have Larry Kay, followed by Jason Kay. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. Um, thank you so much for your service. You know, when we're reading this morning, I'm thinking about um, a particular person that I had the privilege of, of working with. And um, and there was one amend. He, he, um, he, he, years ago when he, when he was married, his, there was lots of problems with his wife's ex. And they had a daughter together who was in the third grade, I think, at the time. And the ex could be verbally abusive and so forth. And he was describing to me, you know, that that one day he had just had enough of that and, and he knew that his wife's sex would be picking up their daughter at grammar school. And he decided to confront him. And it was a very, the police were called and, you know, a whole thing. And he And he had created harm, you know, towards... Lots of people in the sky, but towards the whole situation, you can imagine. Um, and I think false pride can be deadly because this this guy perhaps did more harm to, to the to the you know, gentleman that I knew than, than he had done to him. But his false pride kept him from making those amends. And. Um, you know, I don't direct anybody to do anything. This is between you and, and your higher power. This is between you and God. That guy is dead. I swear to you that's true. He's dead today. He drank again. And I'm really sad about that because he died at a, at an early age. And I think about this, about making amends. False pride keeps us from making amends. I don't know why that, that, that not making that amend is why he's dead today, right? I, how do I, how would I know that? I don't know, but I do know that he's dead, and I do know that he died drinking. He could not overcome. This is a deadly disease, and there were other amends that he just couldn't find, that he couldn't make. That's one of them that comes to mind that I seem to forget about, but I, I recall this morning. And and so, you know, sometimes I know there, it's not always to that extreme, but our false pride keeps us because we. We just can't imagine, you know, when harm's been done to us, we can't imagine making amends to someone else. Who does that? Who calls you and says, you know, I'd like to sit down. I'm, I'm in a process of change, and I would like to make amends for some harms uh, that I have caused to you. Who does that? When's the last time you got a call from someone that did that? People don't, and it's, we cringe thinking particularly to a, you know, quote-unquote enemy, if you will, but you know what? We do it because I'm looking for transcendence to become the type of accepting, empathetic, loving person that God would have me be. That's what it's not about necessarily reconciling from you. It's not about you. It's about my relationship with oh, God. Please. Sure, Katie. And so it's about that change, and it is a deadly thing. With that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Hey, thanks, Larry Kay. And I apologize to Loretta H. and Jennifer C. Uh, we'd love to have you on the second hour. Jason K. is going to wrap us up this morning with his share. Good morning, Jason K. Good morning, Katie. Good to hear you. Uh, Jason K., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic. And um, 
you know, for me, looking at this paragraph, a couple of things come to mind. You know, usually, however, other people are involved and, you know, we're moving from a selfish, self-centered way of living um, to something that's more considerate and more on a service plane, seeking to live by spiritual principles. And, you know, um, my, uh, before I was recovered, you know, uh, there were other people involved in my life, but usually it was all about me. Um, so we're moving to this way of life where we're thinking about others, where we're considering other people's needs. Uh, so we go forward in this zeal of recovery, uh, willing to go to any length, um, you know, trying to get our heads above water, uh, and we can act in a hasty and foolish way, but we have to be very, very careful. We have to start to slow down, and I get into some very black and white thinking. I start to get very zealous about things, and I start to get really excited um, so, so this is, uh, uh, for me, this is a very, very important word of caution uh, but that Bill is talking to us here. And, and a specific example for me was when I was married, um, I basically forged a document uh, that said, you know, my ex-wife and I were living together at the time, but we, we basically kind of said, um, and I really, really pushed this along, I basically said, we've been living together for two years. Uh, when it would only been like six months so we could get this domestic partnership status so she could get on my health insurance at work. Now, this was basically a lie, but it was basically to get her health insurance, which my company then was paying for her health insurance and her medical coverage. Now, if I would have went to my company and said, hey, I did this, it clearly, clearly, clearly involved her. She wasn't in the process of making amends. She didn't necessarily want to forge that document, but I had a way of, you know, being persuasive, of being demanding, and she went along with that. Now, she doesn't want to get a call. You know, she's not in this process. It's not about her paying back that money. She's not doing amends. She's not in a 12-step program. Um, I don't think she really wanted to do that in the first place. So I can't go to my company and say, hey, I did this. I need to make it right. You know, she doesn't want to start getting letters in the mail from my company saying she needs to pay back this money. Um, so for me, I had to find a way to, to donate anonymously. Um, and, and, you know, we heard from our benefits person how much money they spent on health insurance. And, you know, that had an effect. That had an effect. So I had to donate that money anonymously and find a way to do that that didn't implicate her and then didn't, you know, catch her up in some sort of um, drama or some sort of process that she didn't sign up for. She's, you know, it's not about her. So it's about making uh, right the wrong. It's about paying back that money, um, paying for those damages where I had been dishonest, where I had lied. I had signed my name to a document um, that was, was a lie. So, um, yeah, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Oh my goodness, I just muted my phone. I have no idea why. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. Thank you to everyone who shared and made this spectacular meeting possible. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. The share ID for today, Monday, December 30, 2019, is 13,893. That's 13893. We're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
Good morning, this is Nancy P. from West Newton, Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. Great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship with the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.